tell our friends And they can have my things when we're dead The Boys Cast with Ryan Long, and we are here with Zuby and Zuby Tom. I'll tell rapper, podcaster, entrepreneur, internet bad boy, modern day renaissance man. You, <laughs> you are sort of like, because that is what people used to be, you know what I mean? Like musicians and artists used to do all sorts of different things, and that's kind of where you are as well, right? Do you see yourself like that? Yeah, I guess so, man. You know, it all started out primarily with me just being a rapper. And over time, it's evolved into a lot of different things. People know me for a lot of different things now. So um, it's cool. You know, I'm in this unique space where I am sort of the one and only Zuby. And I'm the only person who does <laughs> what I do in the combination that I do, which is cool because it means people appreciate that. People can pick and choose what they what they want and what they need from that. And um, it means I just get to be me and earn a living being me, which is beautiful. And people don't know this, but Zuby said he doesn't do very many interviews, but he made an exception for the kid. So... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, I'm traveling. I'm traveling soon. So I've been trying to wrap everything up um, before I go so that I'm not too distracted. I just want to go and focus on my music. And so I've declined like at least a dozen interviews over the next couple yeah. of weeks just because I don't want to be distracted. Because if I, if I, once I'm away, if, if I'm trying to write and I, every day I'm having to do interviews and stuff, then I know I won't be able to tap into my creative side properly. So, yeah, you're a special man, Ryan. That's what it, that's what it is. <laughs> that stuff burns you out, dude. I, I was the same way. It's like I was trying to figure that out. I'm like, okay, maybe I'll just do interviews like Monday and Tuesday every second week. Like you try to figure it out because especially if someone's like, well, it's an hour. And you're like, no, it's not an hour. It's four hours and potentially like half your day because it's a headspace thing, right? Yeah. Exactly. So, yeah, it's trying to yeah clump it in, whatever. But it is cool to like – I know that you probably do this all the time and so do I, but it is kind of interesting. Like, I kind of feel like I knew you because we were talking on Twitter and, I, you know, we've been sharing each other's stuff or whatever. It's the internet. That's the best thing about quarantine. Like the other day I was talking about this, this guy, Lou Spears. He's like a big comedian in Australia and he's like a friend of mine and we've done some podcasts and stuff. And the other day my chick was like, so when was when did you guys actually meet? And I was like, I guess we haven't actually met in my mind. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, in my mind. I'm like, this is like a friend of mine. She's like, you've never met? And I was like, I don't know, I guess. Yeah, dude, the internet is crazy. I mean, just before recording this, I was just in town um, changing some money. And um, I was just walking, I was just walking through and there was just, you know, a guy maybe in his late 40s, early 50s who just pointed at me and was like, Zuby. Yeah. Zuby from Twitter. I was like, oh, geez. <laughs> And then he just stopped me and he, we ended up having like a five minute conversation and he like just wanted to like share his thoughts. Five on minute conversation. Sort of, yeah. He wanted to like big me up for just, uh, you know, it's funny. Like this is, you know, like a, you know, a white guy in his fifties. He's just like, man, like, I love what you stand for. I love what you're saying. You know, like you've got so much support, this and that. And he's like, it's so rare to have someone like you doing this and that. And it, it's dope. You know, I mean, it was the same. I went to the U S last year. Um, and I went to, you know, 10 cities I've never even been to before. And every single city I got, I got recognized. I got stopped. I had people like, yeah. Like, and just the amount of people who were like, I know you from Twitter. I was like, geez, this is. You're this like, is just let me piss. Crazy. Stop yelling at me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's just weird, you know, cause I, as an artist, right. I mean, I obviously I figured the thing that people would know me for would be my music and, and it did used to be, and it still is to some degree, but um, it's just strange how over the, in the past sort of. 20 months, not even two years, how things have just grown so much and grown through avenues that I didn't previously expect people to know me for. Yeah. Um, and that, that's been really fascinating. But um, but it's cool. It's cool. You know, it's beautiful. I mean, um, my, my goal is to have a positive impact on 
tens of millions of people. Um, and so whatever puts me closer to that, as long as people find some value in it and find it inspiring, motivational, entertaining, interesting, whatever, then I'm doing my job. Cause I kind of put you in that category, which I always like try to be a little bit where you, it's like, you're mad cynical, but you're positive. You know what I mean? Cause you're, you know, cause <laughs> I'm super positive. Yeah. But you're talking about things and the problems with this and this and that, and people might put you in some category, but like at the end mm. of the day, you're like, no, I'm telling people like be better. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like the, the, the root of it all is in trying to encourage, motivate and inspire people. And, and also, and also encourage people to to think freely and to be themselves and to challenge bad ideas and to not allow, you know, crazy people to run roughshod all over them. Right. Which is something I think you highlight as well in your comedy. Right. And yeah, a lot of the power of comedy and simply just, you know, I'm not a comedian, but I have a sense of humor. Yeah. But you're like that is popular from, I'll, I'll talk about that in a second. But yeah, yeah, sure. But you know, it's like what, one thing that's been missing a lot is just a sense of humor, right? Like just the ability for people to, laugh at life and to see the funny side of things and to not sure you know some things need to be addressed head on in a in a serious manner but oftentimes even if you're trying to address something that's pretty serious one of the best ways to do it is through satire or through comedy or through using people's own logic and arguments against them etc right so you know you had that video that totally blew up about how the woke woke people and racists agree on, yeah. <laughs> agree on it and, and it's like right that so many people have made so many people have made that point my deadlift video where i identified as a woman and i broke the british women's deadlift <laughs> so many favorite. people have made have made that point in a very serious way and going into the biology and the science of you know what and i'm just like you know what actually i'm just going to take what you're saying and i'm going to run with it okay? yeah and, and i will show you how absurd it is by running with it you did the same thing you're just like okay you guys are literally advocating for having like racially segregated spaces and for, for uh, you know, <laughs> d judging people based on the, the color of their skin instead of the, and it's like, hmm, this sounds remarkably similar to, <laughs> so, so it's like, you just do a thing. It's like, yeah. And then people can see it and be like, yeah, he's right. You know, like, yeah, fair enough. And, and at the same time, it's got that humorous element. So one people share it more, but then also, even people who sort of like want to be angry or like want to be upset, it sort of puts out that fire a little bit because they can't really, they can't really say anything because they know it's like, oh, well, you know, like with my deadlift video, it's like, oh, well, if we say he's not actually a woman, then by, well, their, own definition, is by their own definition, that's transphobic, right? Because you've been saying a woman's anyone who identifies as one. And so it's like, okay, either tell me what it to, was if they don't know. Okay, so so this is going back to February last year, February 2019. Um, I posted a video of me doing a 230 kilogram deadlift, <laughs> and I wrote something like, um, I keep hearing about how biological men have no strength advantage over women in 2019, so watch me destroy the British women's deadlift record without trying. P.S. I identified as a woman <laughs> whilst lifting the weight. Don't be a bigot, right? And the, the video went bananas. It's got over 3 million views now. It got seen like millions and millions of people. And... Um, yeah, I mean, that was the thing that really catalyzed my audience growth, like to, to a crazy degree. And then, you know, off the back of that, people sort of got to know me and discovered a lot more about me and my music and my podcast. And the other They're like, ah, oh, this guy's all positive. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, most definitely. But um, I, I think the, the humor and the ability to smile and the ability to laugh at things and uh, like some people are starting to think that not not starting to think right you've got this whole segment of the population now here in the west where people sort of feel like 
not having a sense of humor and being easily offended and being offended constantly on the on behalf of other people who aren't offended is some sort of virtue, right? Like being, <laughs> yeah. being weak, being fragile, being easily offended is some sort of virtue. And it's like, no, that's not a positive characteristic, right? Like I can't trust people who can't laugh at themselves, right? Who can't just like hear a joke and be like, haha, that's funny. Or even if it's sort of messed up, it's like, okay, it's sort of messed, but it's funny, right? That's, that's the point of comedy. And when people just don't have the ability to do that or to laugh at themselves or to laugh at ideas or whatever, then um, I don't know. I think those are those are the people who we need to be sort of concerned about and, and, and on guard for, because once people can't laugh at things, then, um, yeah, you're, you're sort of not in very good territory. It's also the mark of like a fragile, you know, like ideology or a system of the same thing as anything. If you have like a girlfriend and you're everything sensitive, if people make a joke about you, you're whatever. But if you know, she like, she's mad down forever, then it wouldn't be like that. The same with, exactly. you know, so if you, if you're like, Oh, I know one plus one's two. And actually someone says it's three. You're like, okay, whatever. But if you're like, actually not sure, you're like, well, the thing is, and you start going into your arguments yeah, yeah. because <laughs> cause you're not that certain. Yo, I have a, listen to this. My, um, uh, I, I was thinking that I should, um, identify as a woman and break the record for not crying for the longest amount of days. <laughs> or you're, you're definitely trying to get in trouble. <laughs> or you get a, you get a girl that identify as a man and break, be, be like a trans man and break, break the nagging, the men's nagging world record. <laughs> She's operating in an advantage. Oh man. Yeah. Like dude, th there's a, yeah, the, the world needs, the world needs comedy. It needs you. Know, people need the ability to, you know, be serious, but also to be able to laugh at things. I, I think it's so important, I, especially I those because there's like the linchpins. Like the problem is, it, I, again, yeah. I'm, I can imagine you don't give a shit about trans stuff or whatever, but it's like that became the linchpin that they're, you know, that everything has to. They're like this, this is the one that you really separates whether you're on our team or not. And you're like, well, I don't yeah. care about the thing, but I'm not going to be bullied around mentally. Yeah, it's also just about the truth, right? This yeah. isn't, this, this isn't, it wasn't a political tweet. It wasn't even something that, like, there should, honestly, it's such the a- The truth, that you're the strongest it's, it's woman dumb, alive. Yeah, it's a, it's a <laughs> dumb conversation, right? The, the concept that I can be a woman just because, like, I say I am is absurd, right? That, 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 is, that is an absurd idea. Anyone who, like, truly believes that is, like, they actually need help. Like, that doesn't make sense. <laughs> right. right? You're, you're saying that I- like me with my beard and my deep voice and my large muscles, et cetera, and my, and my, my penis and my balls and everything. Or me like, with I my penis just, and balls and small yeah. muscles. <laughs> that, like simply by saying I'm a woman that it's now totally cool for me to go and compete in sport, in rugby, in boxing, in American football, in, in weightlifting against like women. Like that is an absurd concept, right? It's a, it's an absurd idea. So the best way to deal with absurd ideas, I think, is to just to sort of run with them, right? Because if someone reaches a place that they haven't reached through any sort of logic or reason, then you can't you're not going to get them out of it with any logic or reason, right? You just kind of have to show them like, OK, let's go with what you're saying and let's see how this let's see how this pans out. Like, let's, yeah, let's see if this makes sense. And there are a lot of things which are much more, you know, gray areas and again even that whole issue like that's the thing about like biology and physicality and sports it's not even really anything about like trans people as as individuals or whatever like most people whether they're more liberal or more conservative 
most people don't really care. Firstly, most people don't even know anybody who's trans. And for the most part, people are like, look, if you're an adult, you know, like you do, if you're not harming other people, you know, people can have their own individual personal feelings about stuff, but it's like, yeah. you know, like you, you do you, not a lot of people, are, people aren't going to come and, you know, bother you about it or, or harass you or call you names or whatever. Like most people, certainly in the West, most people are actually very, very deeply tolerant, like regardless of their political orientation, the, but, but when it comes to things like sports or like sex segregated spaces or, or stuff involving children, then that's when you're going to get people who are like, wait, hang on a minute. Like, no, you know, putting your four-year-old on hormones or puberty blockers. No, that's, that's a bad idea. Um, you know, four-year-olds shouldn't be picking their gender. Or, yeah. It becomes be... less funny too. Cause even like, yeah, with, no, because you're, they're doing it to someone else where it's like, exactly. with the like when they were going, Oh, we're going to have like, you know, trans men in the Olympic, trans women in the Olympics. I was like hilarious. Like, I love it. Like there, there was a, there was a few meets where you saw the competition and the podium oh, was like true. two trans people that won like the track meets. And I was like, this is amazing. This like, is I amazing. love just, I just love watching the whole thing be like such a mess. Yeah. But it, it's so then, bizarre. Yeah. But then when they're like, Hey, we're going to do kids. You're like, it's still funny to me. I still find it funny, but like it's a little less funny. Because... Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, I think, you know, jokes can be made about anything, but like, I don't think that's to me like that's not it's not funny. Like, I think you can deal with it with humor, but I think like the actual thing that is being pushed is actually I don't just think it's I think it's evil. I think it's insidious. I think it's deeply insidious. I think it's like very morally and ethically incorrect. Well, you know what? Wrong. It's it works. It's um, I was thinking about this yesterday. It's like, and first of all, it is funny. Like everyone's into politics yesterday. Like I don't know. We had the vice presidential <laughs> debate. Oh yeah, we were, yeah. I and dude, my entire who cares? My entire timeline was like tweeting about the vice president. I'm like these people that weren't, weren't into politics years ago. I'm like you're into the vice presidential debate now. That's a yeah, like as if they're watching. It's as if it's like the NBA finals. Like people, <laughs> people care so much about this now. Like, yeah. Oh, that's you now, right? But it was so funny because Pence, they're like beating him up over the, because the, he liked the gay conversion therapy, right? Which the, the, he said, he said you can be into if you want to do it. But it's like, by their logic, if you want to do that, why can't you do that? You can make yourself into a lizard. So if you're a gay dude and you're like, yeah, I want to go convert. Why is yeah. that? Actually, my friend had a funny thing. He was saying that like, uh, we were doing videos and he gave me this idea that's saying that if you do, uh, if they make gay conversion therapy illegal, do you think it's going to create a black market for gay conversion therapy? <laughs> People are going to have to go to alleyways to get their gay conversion I mean, wh therapy. Wh why on earth should, why, why would it be illegal? Right? Like if you're forcing it on people, that's a whole different Obviously. Story. Yeah. But like, why and should it be illegal? If someone, if someone is wants to do that, like whether or not it works, that's a whole different conversation. As yeah. Well. But like, it doesn't work the other way. I've tried to, to convert myself to begin. <laughs> <laughs> I'm tr Lord, have I'm, I tried? I'm not. I'm not, not going to ask how you've tried. <laughs> there's, there's, mo <laughs> there's, there's money to be made. There's bags of cash waiting. If only wow. I could wow. gargle. But <laughs> oh, geez. Okay, I'm, I'm not. I'm not on that one. But uh, you do you, man. Like we said. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, but there's like the same thing. It's like, you know, you it, and that's why it's like with all this stuff. I mean, this is probably how you kind of found yourself like, you know, you, I mean, you've do so much things and you've always been like a political voice and entrepreneur and all that stuff. But even with me with comedy, it's like the problem is they want it like the people that have this ideology want to like take over little pockets. They want to take over music and then they want to take over this and they want to take over comedy. And it's kind of like all right, well, I'm not going to like let you take over my thing and like tell me what to say. And that's kind of like all it is. Like, where's yeah, that? Exactly. Yeah. Did you, I, yeah, I mean, look, you're, you're, you're a comedian. I'm a rapper. We are, we are 
like people in our fields should be the absolute bastions of free speech. Yeah. Like, if you've got rappers or comedians who are like suggesting that free that yeah. speech should be limited or something, then we've entered crazy land. And see, with music, like other types of music, it's a little, you know, if you're like in a folk band or whatever, and they and you're singing about, you know, girls and stuff, and they go, oh, you need to do this stuff. You're like, okay, whatever. It doesn't really affect me. The same as you're an athlete. But if you're a rapper, and this is like, every song is like, here's a bunch of things that I think. <laughs> like, I'm literally on stage telling the truth, like telling my opinions. And they're like, yeah, yeah. yeah, also you can't, like, you need to say these things. And you're like, yeah, eat a dick if you think that, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's actually funny. You know, it's funny how much I defend free speech as, as someone who doesn't even as someone who doesn't even like use profanity, like someone who doesn't even like cuss or talk about like any crazy really? stuff in my music or whatever. No, like I don't do my music, not in real life. Like I don't well, I know in your like, music. You don't. Yeah. And um, no, I don't swear in real life either. How come? And so it's um, how I was raised. And I just don't think it's necessary. I don't like it. You're still so, afraid mom's going to beat you? <laughs> no, like, she probably wouldn't hesitate. No, but, yeah. um, she, no, she calls you. No, she no, goes, no, you on a podcast. No, no, no one in my family. No one in my family cusses. Like I've got a big family. Right. Like no one. No one cusses. How I was raised. Like it's unnecessary. You know. If I, like again, if other people cuss, like I'm not gonna generally make some some massive deal about it. I get but, it. You're um, better than me. <laughs> <laughs> of course, Ryan. Um, so no, but so I, it's it's kind of funny how I often find myself being the one in certain conversations where like I'm this ardent defender of people yeah. like having the right to tell offensive jokes or having the right to rap about or sing about like messed up stuff and not be coming under censorship or prosecution. You know, in the UK, like, you know, people get prosecuted. You can be prosecuted for telling the wrong joke, man. Um, yeah. You know, again, you have to remember, I'm someone who grew up in Saudi Arabia. So I grew up, I didn't exactly grow up in, you know, some, <laughs> some super liberal free speech society or something like that. So like, I've got like a, a whole different view on this thing. And I just find it amazing how, one thing I've noticed, an observation I've sort of made over the, especially very solidified over the past year is in countries where people are, in countries where people have more liberty and freedom, it, here, here's a great way to tell like how much liberty and freedom people have in different countries. Because when people have a lot of liberty and freedom, they will actively fight to have their own rights and freedoms restricted. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and and when people don't have a lot of them, they they will fight. They'll fight for those liberties and freedoms. But once you've got like a really like sort of free society, people will actually like do what they can to have like rights taken away from them, and to like have more restrictions. Like people are begging for more lockdowns, begging for more mask <laughs> mandates, begging for like you know like no government, like yeah. any government step on me more. Like no, what do you mean I have a second amendment? Like no, take it from me. I don't want the first amendment either. Take this from me. Like restrict it's it's very bizarre and then if you go to places where you know like there are much more like more restrictions and more authoritarian regimes etc it, it's like the total opposite so that's just something i find i find incredibly fascinating something weird about human nature is that because that you know when you have all the stuff you don't know what it's like when you don't have it yeah it is i think also that you know liberty and freedom are kind of dangerous you know they're kind of messy yeah <laughs> right there they, they are messy um Especially when you do have like a very ideologically and ethnically and racially and religiously like diverse society. I mean, take somewhere like the USA, best example. I mean, the USA is the most diverse across every dimension. The USA is the most diverse country in the world. It's also the third biggest country in the world in terms of population. So the US is like some huge experiment of 330 million people 
who in many ways, in many ways, I like, don't have a lot in common with each other. And it's also the most liberty oriented society to the point where, you know, you can walk into a store and just, you know, buy an AR-15, right? In many states, yeah. which I think is cool personally, but that's, that's messy, right? Like that, that, that is messy, right? That's a, that's a, it's a cocktail where, you know, you're going to get a lot of cool things. You're going to get a lot of dynamism. You're going to get a lot of entrepreneurship and amazing things, which is what comes out of the USA, but it's also going to be more dangerous in certain ways, you know, both ideologically, but also like physically, you know, like levels of violence and murder in the US compared to most places in Europe are like many, like many, many, many times over. Right. Um, and so with all these freedoms and, you know, like absolute freedom of speech, et cetera. So it's it's dangerous. Right. Like people. Yeah. R rights are one thing, but right, rights have to come with responsibilities. And we're obsessed with talking about rights, you know, what you're what you can do. But there's not a lot of conversation in the past decade, I think, about about responsibility, you know, like, yeah, you do have you have a right. You know, I, I think you should have the right to say virtually whatever you want. Does that mean that everything should be said? <laughs> right. No, yeah. it doesn't. Right. I think you should have a right to like if you want to go and, you know, you live in the U.S., you have a right to go and buy like all types of firearms. That doesn't mean, you, but you you have the responsibility to be responsible with those guns, though, right? Like, you, it doesn't mean you have a right to own a gun. You don't have to, a right to go outside and just start spraying people. Yeah, yeah, um, shoot it up in the air at a wedding yeah, like yeah. you're in Saudi Arabia. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Again. You know, as an adult, we have rights to do a lot of things, but with those rights come responsibilities. Like, yeah, okay, you can do this, you can do that, but you've got to be careful with it. With every freedom comes um, a responsibility. And I think that when people have a lot of those freedoms... And when other people have those freedoms, right, it sort of freaks people out because you're like, well, I mean, what's the argument people always use against, you know, against free speech, right? It's like, oh, well, hurts. what about Physi what about a Nazi who wants to what about a Nazi who wants to, like, say something like racist? What about yeah. someone who wants to say something that's mean to gay people or mean to black people or mean to like, right, that's the argument against it. Or, you know, what if what if you were to tell a joke on stage, which somehow incites someone to go and commit a crime and it's like like i sort of get those arguments on an emotional level but i think something people don't really like to just accept and i feel like this even with this whole coronavirus pandemic situation where you have to accept that that some things are just messy and there's not always just like a clean perfect answer and solution that that you're gonna get or like even when it comes to the virus itself no one wants to just say, certainly no politician wants to just say, like, look, viruses kill people. Some people are going to die. Yeah. Right. It, it, it's, it's like that. Right. People are saying, oh, wow. You know, in the U.S., over 200,000 people have died. That's Trump's fault. It's like, no, it's a virus. Right. And it didn't just infect the USA, like worldwide. This, the USA doesn't even have the yeah, every country death, thinks right? it's just them. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> exactly. And it's like, no, you, you can't. A virus, it's its sad to say that if you get a pandemic with a virus that can kill people, some people will die. That, Dude, that's, had... the, that's the reality. But if, you know, saying that, a politician saying that, like, you know, they'll, they'll get fried. And the next day, people will be screaming at them for telling the truth. But it's like, that's just what it is. Sure, you want to do everything you can within reason. You want to take the precautions. You want to do what you can to make sure that death is minimized and less people are impacted and people have the health care act like i 100 percent get all that 
but you also just sometimes have to accept reality of things like, you know, some things are just messy and some things are unfortunate and try as we may, um, we, we can't just nerf the entire, we can't just nerf the entire world so that nobody ever gets, nobody dies ever, dies ever again (laughs) of, of anything, of anything. If, If that's the case, we need to drop the speed limit to 20 miles per hour. Um, we need to ban alcohol. We need to ban cigarettes. We need to ban sugar. We need to we need to close certainly a lot of restaurants and fast food joints, especially in the USA. Um, we need to we need to do a whole bunch of things. Absolutely, you need to ban guns. You need to curtail free speech. You need to you know, but jerking up with more... a tie around your neck now. <laughs> <laughs> but the more you try to sort of protect people from themselves, the more authoritarianism you you create. And, yeah, uh, they're also so of... they're also full of shit though too. Like mm-hmm. it's almost like you know. And again, you're like a positive dude, and you're like almost being generous with these people. It's like, but the, you know, when you saw the like, they just don't even see. Because remember when uh, Trump like got Corona, like a, you know, I don't know if you saw that. Like yeah, whatever, yeah. Trump. So, yeah, I'm, I don't know. I'm from Canada. <clears throat> I'm not from America, by the way. So I'm like, I'm kind of in between. <laughs> I'm, I'm in, be- in between like what UK is and and America in terms you're of like, Canada. Culture. Yeah. Well, yeah. I don't live there now. I'm, I'm in New York. But, okay. okay. But the the like. It's, I saw every person, you know, I tweeted stuff about this, but every person was like, I hope he dies, this and that. And I'm just like, and then I saw literal people that I have seen post this stuff. And they said right on their, on their timelines, they were like people saying that, uh, that it's calling for violence to, you know, saying Trump, like when Twitter saying they're going to take down the tweets, like wishing for his death or whatever. They're like, it's just words. It's not the same. And I'm like, look up three tweets, you stupid idiot. It's like, okay, fine. I don't care if you want to be a hypocrite, but like, I don't want to hear a peep about microaggressions. You know, you don't, you don't get it both ways. So it's like, they don't even, I don't think that anyone on like Uh, any of these sides. Disingenuous. Yeah. They're all just like, I I want this for my thing, but not Mm -hmm. it for the other side. Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like I'm, I'm just big on, and I I think there's something that people, I think it's something that people appreciate about me a lot, but it's the way I've always been, which is I'm just, I'm very much about principles. Yeah. Right. I'm about principles more than I'm about like sides and you have a lot of people you have a code who, who what yeah like, do, you have a right? code to live your life by yeah like, exactly man. right so uh, i'm not just like okay a lot of people especially when it comes to you know p- politics gosh like people become so warped because they will just do and say anything and they will just switch their positions and be hypocrites and what like whatever advances their side advances their cause or whatever lie cheat steal bend the rules they yeah. don't care whereas someone like me i'm like look i've, I've just got principles so like I, I support free speech. As someone who supports free speech is not like okay, I support it for me or for things I like. And yeah, unless I they like. trash your but, last album. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But then you know, if if it's something I don't like, like I'm gonna come after that. It's like no, like I'm not, I'm not like that. I try my best to be fair and to be consistent and to not sort of prove myself to be a massive hypocrite every every three days. Um, yeah. And, and and we've seen so many absurd examples of that recently. I mean, a fantastic example, fantastic example would be like, I would love to see the Venn diagram between people who were um, pushing for more lockdowns and mask mandates and people who were freaking out at the anti-lockdown protesters, both in the UK and the USA, and the people who were participating in or condoning the Black Lives Matter protests and riots. Yeah, yeah, that was see, the best. I want one. to see that Venn diagram because I think it's a circle, right? I think like yeah. it, it, it's the same people. Two weeks ago, two weeks ago, you are screaming people's heads off and virtue signaling 
about how this pandemic is going to kill anyone, everyone, and people are being irresponsible. People are not socially distancing correctly. You're yelling at people for going to the beach. You're yelling at people for not wearing masks, whatever. And then two weeks later, there's thousands upon thousands upon thousands of people out in the street, even people in the medical community, over a thousand medical doctors and other workers in the U.S. signed that letter talking about how racism is a bigger pandemic Experts. than the coronavirus. And so they're they're green lighting the Black Lives Matter protests and then they switch back. And then when people have anti lockdown protests again, they're coming back down hard on them and saying that they're trying to kill grandma. And I'm just like, you people are clowns, all of you, like, <laughs> you're, you're idiots. I don't I'm not even at that stage, like any benefit of the doubt is just gone for me. I'm like, this is totally politicized. You're just weaponizing things now. It's not about, you know, either either the coronavirus is real or or and it's deadly and it's crazy. Or, or it's not, but you, you can't keep flip-flopping on these narratives and expect people like myself who have more than a three-minute memory to not think that you're you're idiots and that you're malicious and that you're just disingenuous because, you know, it's, it's got to be one or the other. Um, this must have been the golden like era. Of, this must have been the golden era for, like, white people in their 20s telling you, like, what's best for you, right? Dude, don't even start. <laughs> don't, don't get me started, man. Don't get me started. All these people who think like I did, like I wasn't aware that Black Lives Matter until they told me three months ago. <laughs> honestly, man, it's 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 actually embarrassing. Like, honestly, like, <laughs> that was some of my favorite stuff. Like the trans stuff when you see like the white girls yelling at black cops. Oh like, my gosh, <laughs> the lack the lack of any sort of self awareness is is just amazing to me. I don't know how people can lack such self awareness and not just be for a second like, wait, what do I? What do I look like here, right? I'm, I'm, I'm here. I'm here screaming in the face of of. <laughs> so good. I, I'm, I'm just like, what is? It's so strange. That's probably why, like, it, you know, so a strange. lot of people. I mean, it, I'm not in any other. I'm not. In, I don't get to be in any cool guy groups. That's why I need to be gay. But there, no, but. <laughs> There is with you. It's like with anyone. It's like if, if people say like, hey, this is what your group thinks. And it's like all it takes is for you to like not think one before you're like, I'm out. You know, yeah. if they're like, hey, black people like this and we think this. And you're like, well, I don't think that one. And you're like, you're not a black guy anymore then. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll take your black card away. And then Joe Biden, <laughs> Joe Biden did that one. That's why I thought that statement he made was so egregious. With Charlemagne? With Charlemagne when he was like, yeah, you know, if you're considering, if you need to actually consider whether you should vote for me or vote for Trump, then you ain't black. I was like whoa like that you, was audacious did you take your yeah. do-rag off you're like all right i'm out man <laughs> that was that was audacious like not I'm, again, I'm not even american i'm not even american but like yeah i was just like geez man because do you know what's crazy about that is in one way in one way he is hmm how would i put this i don't want to say he's right but he knows that black Americans, for the most part, black Americans who vote, vote overwhelmingly for the Democratic Party and have done for several decades now, right? So he is using the fact that he knows that as, uh, as, as a weapon, right? He's sort of trying to pass it off like it's some kind of joke, but it's actually a really deeply insidious statement, right? It's a very, very insidious statement, and it's not something that people are like, oh, he's just whatever, you know, Trump says worse things. I'm like, no, Trump doesn't say worse things than that. Trump has never said anything as bad about black people as that, right? Like, and then his other comment later on down the line, where he um, said, you know, unlike unlike the black community, the Latino community is actually very ideologically diverse, and you know they actually have like different ideas. I'm just like, holy crap, dude! 
Like, <laughs> this is unbelievable. But, you know, but people will prove him right, right? Because most black Americans will then probably go and, and still vote for him. But statements like that, I'm just like, wow, to me as an outsider, I'm just like, well, well, there you go, man. I've never heard Trump say any, y'all are calling Trump racist and whatever. I've never heard Trump say anything, anything remotely as disparaging about black people as a whole as those kind of statements, right? Well, they also like, sorry, yeah, yeah, continue. Yeah, no, I was going to say, I mean, because I think that the, the, you know, one of the most pernicious, not just pernicious, but one of the most, the most sort of commonplace type of racism that actually still exists in the modern Western world is it's not the type of racism that people sort of think of like, you know, people calling you like, you know, calling you the end. I mean, if people are going to call you racial slurs, in my experience, it's normally going to come from the left wing. Um, but it's not like th- it's not like that sort of old school, very sort of harsh in your face type of racism. It's this whole expecting all black people or people of color hate that term like to, to think <laughs> the same and to, and to walk in lockstep and the idea that if someone just looks at me, they know what I believe and they know my experiences and they know my capabilities and they know everything about me just because they know my skin color. Like to me, in my own life, in my own experience, that by far is the most sort of, that's the most um, commonplace and widely accepted type type of racism that you see perpetuated every single day. This whole idea that, oh, like, you know, there's a billion black people in the world, but like, oh, they all they all think the same and there's just like there's, yeah. this one, there's there's this one community and hive mind that we're all magically <laughs> tapped into and it runs the other way as well right this whole concept of you know like white privilege and white fragility all this critical race theory bullcrap to be honest um the idea that oh all white my favorite people book are all <laughs> of course white fragility right um you know all white people are x all that and i'm just like seriously like is this what we're is this what we're doing now, right? Is this how we're, it's, it's just such a huge, gigantic step backwards. And I find it extremely um, ironic that it's called progressivism. Well, yeah, it's like, and again, you can make like, uh, obviously judgments about someone by how they look, but like, it's not about race. Like, I feel like UK is a little more like Toronto where I grew up, where it's like, you know, if, if a black guy just dressed like a, you know, a basketball player, versus dressed like a skateboarder you like you might know a little bit more about what what kind of music he's like based on looking at him you might know what kind of girls he likes based on whether you know what i mean like whether he's dressed like a a rapper or whether he's dressed like a i don't know like a wearing a polo shirt and all that stuff you know what i mean and that's kind of how i grew up it's like you know everyone was divided by groups like always but they weren't Mm. racial no 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 that's that's the and look, I know in the U.S., most people also are not are not like this. And for the not most in, part, people people yeah. get on and things are harmonious, et cetera. Otherwise, you know, a city like New York City, people would be fighting all the time. Like In comedy, States you're divided by your class of comedy, like way more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, that's yeah. you're divided by like where you are as a comedian. If you're like this, yeah. you, you're hanging out with these people and this mm-hmm. people. It's like not about race or gender. It's about like whether you're good at comedy. Yeah, exactly. And I think, you know, one thing that the U.K. and Canada... I think do better and have over the US. There's a lot of things I love about the US, but one thing I definitely prefer in the UK is that there's a lot less racialization, shall we call it, right? Like there's yeah. there's just less of an obsession. In the US there's always just that like underlying obsession with race <laughs> that's yeah. that's uh, you know, it, it it exists to a degree in the UK. It exists to a degree well, in Well, it's Canada getting worse. Itself, but, isn't yeah, it but, kind of infe- yeah, well, isn't this kind of infecting it almost? I, that's what it, I've seen it, it looking is. back at Toronto. 
you're right that that's why and that's why it's important to you know stand up against it right i would love to look man i used to be like very apolitical in the public sphere until 2018 and i would never but it just reached the stage where i was like you know what i have thoughts and things i want to share and perspectives that i'm not hearing a lot of people voicing and also i can see where a lot of this stuff is is going right and it's not going in a direction that i'm morally comfortable with and again as someone with certain principles it's like okay i cannot be quiet in the face of this once i'm starting hearing people using certain rhetoric and start like sliding back into certain ideas like again once you start seeing universities advocating for racially segregated spaces then i think <laughs> that's when you people need to be like wait a second um this is a bad idea like we shouldn't do this right once you start seeing kill all white men trending on twitter that's that was me time sorry to... that was me so, yeah, I, <laughs> I started that <laughs> you guys are crazy right that's when you need to be like, hmm, actually, maybe that's like, maybe that's not good. Like, you know, yeah, <laughs> maybe we shouldn't be saying those sort of things. Like, you know, maybe that maybe that's going a little bit far, because if you were to replace like, you know, either the word white or the word man with like, you know, the other sex or any other race, um, how would that sound? Yeah, like that's that's not good. Um, and when you start seeing like, you know, places having mandatory training for you know this or and just all of this stuff sort of creeping in you know people trying to force people to use pronouns under the threat of law and going to prison if you misgender somebody how's that all been in that. the uk like if um, you've seen people that have you know i know there was like count dankula and there's a few other people yeah. that you know they did something and they went to jail like do you because you're kind of in that circle of people like to some mm -hmm. degree what yeah, are yeah. some I, of the I craziest know count, i know count dankula yeah what are some of the craziest ones in like the uk that happen Man, so I mean, the Count Dankula one was a big one, of course. Um, I think he was the first person in. I think he was. I think he may have been one of the first people in British history to be um, go to jail for a joke. No, he didn't go to jail. He had to pay an eight hundred pound fine. Oh, okay. Um, but he was potentially facing jail time. Um, I thought over, that if you do it, you should have to have sex with an eight hundred pound girl. That's what I said. But oh wow, I was. Oh. I, I'm. I, that's what I'm advocating in the, in the yeah. new Ryan Long was. I mean, he, he's he's married, but if he weren't, you know, maybe he wouldn't be opposed. But I don't want to speak on his behalf. <laughs> um, <laughs> but um, no, he's a good dude, man. He's a good dude, Mark. Um, yeah, he seems funny. And then what was the other one? There was the one with like Harry the Owl. That's what he's kind of nicknamed. What did he do? There. Um, he wrote he he wrote or he retweeted a poem on Twitter that was uh something about something about being transgender and it was like a poem it was like a limerick yeah and um the police the police did they either come to his house or they rang him up and they literally said that um we want to check your thinking and you have to remember that in, the, in the, literally those words right like 1994 and you have to remember that in the uk like they have a new category which uh the police use which is called um non-crime hate incidents oh right my God. so something that's not a crime but which is like potentially offensive could be logged as a non-crime hate incident. So you literally have the police going around looking at people's tweets and Facebook posts, et cetera. And these non-crime hate incidents could also show up on your record, right? So if you're, you haven't committed any crime, but if you apply for a job or something, they can see that there's a police Come on. that you, Ryan, have committed a non-crime hate incident. It goes maybe on you your told, record? Yeah. Maybe you told, and again, it's not a crime, non-crime hate incident. Like, oh think of God. what that means, right? Yeah, so they just maybe, know that you're a hater. <laughs> yeah. So maybe you told a joke that was a little bit sexist or something on stage. And oh, it's like, a okay, lot that's not a, that's not a crime, right? <laughs> that's not a crime. But 
it's a non-crime hate incident. And then that gets logged on a police record. And now you're trying to do a gig somewhere and they're like, hmm, there's an, there's, there's something here saying that you, uh, yeah. you committed a, a set, you know, had some hateful speeches. And so, and look, these are things that most people aren't aware of. And of course, like most people are never going to be, um, affected by, but there are things people should be, should be aware of, right? If you're supposed to live in a free society and you're supposed to live in a place where you can, you can, you can tell jokes. Yeah. I can, can uh, have the freedom to be offensive, you know? whether or not people like it or whatever, people can have their opinions on that. But in terms of it being like a legal issue or something that the police should be getting involved in or coming to visit your house to ask about, you know, the joke you told on stage, that should creep people out. Um, yeah, they like the cops when it comes to that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that should that should freak people out. Um, in Canada, there's some crazy... Like, so in Canada, yeah. they have the, the Human Rights Tribunal. So the, one of the famous ones is Mike Ward, where he, like, made a joke about a kid or whatever, and he got fined, like, $100,000 or something. And... Wow. Yeah, it was, a you know, a big publicity thing. And, and Mike Ward's, like, he's, like, a badass, and he's pretty successful. So it was one of those things. Like, for him aggregate was fine you know he's like mm -hmm. doing well and he could afford it and whatever but it's like and everyone always kind of references that where they're like well whatever look he's doing fine it's like yeah it wasn't just him it happened to there's this other guy that was in like calgary he's yeah. a comic and he basically was like talking shit about someone in the audience i can't remember the exact joke but she went to the human rights journal and he got thirty thousand dollar fine or something he's like a barback oh, so geez. this guy you know, this, this, the ones you don't hear about, you hear about the famous ones and you're like, oh, so-and-so, uh, Count Dankula had to pay $1,000, big deal. And you're like, yeah. okay, but there's a lot of people that happens to that had to pay $30,000, mm -hmm. bankrupts them essentially. Yeah. And, oh, dude. And, and, you know, I mean, I've had, I've had Count Dankula on my podcast and, um, you know, he was, he wasn't able to get a job. Like he's a successful YouTuber now, but he couldn't, he couldn't get a job. He was just trying to get like basic, he got fired from his job, of course. What was his job? situation? Um, I can't remember. I can't remember. I think he was, I can't remember. I think maybe he was working in a, in a shop or something like that, but he was just trying to get he worked, basic. <laughs> he worked he at the ADL. To, I can't remember. He, he was just he trying to get the like basic jobs. League. He was just trying to get basic jobs in Scotland. And, um, you know, every time they'd, they'd look him up. Right. And they'd see, oh uh, my gosh, Nazi. They like, they just see the word Nazi. Right. Right. Yeah. Like, and they're just like, oh my gosh, Nazi. Like, you know, of course he's not a Nazi or anything like it. Right. He, no, he made it. He made a joke with his girlfriend's dog. I'm mostly a Hitler's youth. <laughs> and you and you know when he made, you know when he posted that thing. I think he had three subscribers on YouTube. Yeah, I think his mistake was that he made the video public instead of private because he just it was supposed to be. So for he, his was, he, did, he was very small when he had. I thought he had like a few. Jokes no, no, he had three subscribers. subscribers. Come on, so that whole thing put him right on the map. Yeah, exactly. He wasn't like a known. It wasn't like he was a known personality, and he wasn't even in the country when it was blowing up. He was traveling. He was in Iceland, I believe, and uh, he came back, and he came back in the following morning. He got arrested, like he didn't even know what was going on, right? He, so he's he's come back yeah. from vacation after you know, and then he comes back, and the police are at his door, like um, you're under arrest, and he doesn't even know. He doesn't even know what he's done, right? Like, yeah. Like, and, and in the meantime, like this video has been going like crazy and going viral and racking up, racking up a million views over the weekend or whatever. Um, and and he's not, he wasn't even aware of all this stuff. Like it was meant to be for like a very, very small audience. Um, you know, he wanted his girlfriend to see it when she got back and to be mortified. Yeah, there's uh, few boys down at the local Nazi club. Like, come on. And not everyone to see. <laughs> I'm doing so, a video 
show this week that uh, the kind of saying that it was it's about the you know they had the idea they're like you know Nazis are bad but then they're like okay well now let's put everyone in that category but okay. I'm doing a video I like make the joke I don't explicitly say it but the joke is that all the people that are saying telling everyone's a Nazi are doing all the same thing that the Germans did they're like you know he doesn't want the government to take the guns away Nazi like all, you know all this stuff. <laughs> So wait, your dad, you were telling your dad that there's a certain racial group that has too much wealth and he was getting, he was saying you're wrong. <laughs> your dad's a Nazi, <laughs> stuff like oh that. My gosh. Yeah, and we're like yeah. saying we want to take their payment processes away, but it's hard right now because the Nazis run the banks. But <laughs> yeah, like, dude, like we were saying earlier in the conversation, that's the way to do it, man. You got to take the arguments and show how ridiculous they are by running them in the other direction. Yeah, I know. So, but there is like, if you look at like Canada and UK, it's like their America sets the culture, but because they have stuff that, you know, they have these like stops in place for the actual policy, but it, and a lot of these other places don't have that. So it trickles down to Canada and America and they're and in UK and stuff like that. And they're just like, well, yeah, we'll do all the stuff that they would like to do here, but mm. they can't. <laughs> so it's almost like, you're right. Yeah. No, you're, you're right. I mean, I think the, American political system, for, for as much as people want to scream and rant and rave and, and yell about the American political system, it's actually extremely robust. It's extremely robust and pretty anti-fragile, like the way that stuff is set up with, you know, the Constitution and the Bill of Rights and, you know, the different branches of governments, etc. Like, it's actually, it's got so many checks and balances, which, yeah, it means it can be hard for someone to get stuff done, right? A president can come in and they may have all these ideas and it's hard for them to implement them all because they get they get blocked at every corner. But um, I think the way that they've done stuff is like I think the founding fathers of America, um, you know, despite some of their hypocrisies at the time the country was founded, of course, with, you know, obvious things like uh, like slavery, the the sort of vision that they set up and the and the way they sort of laid it out, I think, was extremely, extremely intelligent and it had incredible foresight, incredible foresight to sort of limit the scope and, uh, and check the government in certain ways so that it's not like other countries, you know, lots of countries don't, don't have any constitution or anything. So like yeah. the government can really just do whatever it can really just do whatever. I mean, they right? kind of don't give too much of a shit about it now, but you are right. And you know, it all goes back to like, even if you look at on a micro level, like I know you talk a lot about productivity and all that's, you know, kind of how to live your life in a better way. But if you think about it kind of from a basic level of, how do you be more productive? You would limit your decisions and you kind of, so they're made for you. You know what I mean? Even as far as like what you're having for breakfast, what your days are going to look like, what are you going to do? And you kind of, when you start thinking about like, okay, Wednesdays I do this, Thursdays I do this. Like when you're talking about interviews, it's like, okay, this week I'm not doing them. Then the decision's kind of made for you. So a lot of times they all want to change everything and they kind of are always like, maybe we'll do this, maybe we'll do this. But if it is set for you, it's like on a micro level and a macro level, it's kind of like the best way to operate. Yeah, definitely, man. Um, you know, again, coming back to what we were saying saying earlier, people need some restrictions and checks and balances. And, you know, like absolute freedom is actually sort of, you know, it feels like bondage, right? Because you, you need some nice. you need some you need some guidance. You need some it, it's like like look at sport, right? In every sport, you have rules. <laughs> OK, yeah. And if without those rules the sport will rapidly disintegrate into something more resembling like MMA, right? If you don't have certain rules. So within those rules, there's so much that can be done, right? I don't know. Look at from whether you're talking about, I don't consider chess a sport, but whether you're talking about chess or you're talking about like 
rugby or you're talking about basketball or you're talking about football, like whatever, the rules, the rules allow for the freedom. Right. The rules allow for the for the freedom. I mean, same on on a basic level with any country. Right. What are laws? So you need laws because if you just don't have any and it's just anarchy and someone can just, you know, oh, that guy's got something I, I want. You can just walk up to him and like shoot him and take it. Then that's a restriction on freedom. Right. You're you're now not free to <laughs> to to live and to exist and to get on with things if you're constantly in fear that someone is going to, you know, rob you or kill you or take stuff from you. So, you know, and I think to, di to different people, what those restrictions and rules and laws, et cetera, should be like, that's, that's what politics is, right? Like that's, that's all the, that's all the debate. That's all the discussion, but there's always a, there's always a balance. And if you look at every single country, every single society, different times in history, that balance can be really different and it can go to an extreme in one way. It can go to an extreme in another way, et cetera. Um, but yeah, there's, there's always that balance between freedom and liberty and safety and security and rights. Yeah. And it's the trade-offs, right? Yeah. It's all, and they're all lying. Like if you see even just watch, <laughs> dude, even watching the present deba like debates or whatever, it's like, it's, a, they have, they both do the exact same thing where you see the, the, the left being like, dude, we're not trying to take your guns, but like, it's like, so talk to any of them for two seconds. They're like, yeah, they want to take the guns. Yeah. And then the right, <laughs> like, the right's like, you know, we don't want to take abortions. Like we have no, and, and like talk to any of them for two seconds. They're like, fuck yeah, we want to take abortions. So yeah. it's like, it's whether you can think whatever you want, but it's like, if the, if the systems weren't there, it was like all of those things, they, they have, you have a system where they have to pretend they don't want to take guns and abortions when of course they do. Yeah, what is it like I, in Saudi Arabia? Do you see like, because uh, they must not, like what's the political system in those places where you grew up? Or did you live differently because you're like, you know, Western or something like that? Yeah, sure. So I, I was somewhat insulated from it because I'm in a bit of a bubble. But, uh, well, I was, you know, as an expat, as an expat, you're kind of. Did you wear the dress? Uh, no, I have done. But <laughs> yeah. I didn't have to. Nice. Um, I have one. What about the hat? I look pretty, I, I, yeah, it's called a, it's called a Gutra. Nice. Yeah, Gucci and the the white the white thing is called a thobe. Um so I, I have I have worn it before. Um and uh <laughs> but I, I actually I actually blend in pretty well, like with especially now I would with the beard and everything. Um yeah. but man, what was Saudi like like Saudi was like awesome. Like I, I, I loved living living in Saudi. But in terms of the way, you know, the society and the culture and everything is set up from top to bottom, it's it's totally different. It's very, very different to a country like the US and and the thing that people are aspiring to is is different, and um, this this is the way I often try to explain somewhere like Saudi to to Westerners, especially to someone who hasn't been there. Is you know people need to understand and realize that not every country and every society has the same ideal that they are striving towards, right? So, if you were to take a country like the USA, what would you say is the core? value that is being aspired to i mean right now activism but i mean the, at the end of the day yeah. like yeah, the truth right. is probably for normal people it's like success okay oh okay so so say so what would you say that society is i would say that the u.s society almost everything is based to maximize liberty Oh, you mean the like the yeah. structure of the From, rules yeah the structure right like, like what are they aspiring towards liberty right liberty is I guess that high, would have been at the at yeah. the core, but I think right now, the culturally, that's probably a pretty even split. 
Yeah, well, I, I think liberty is what America strives for. America is built on the concept of the liberty. most out of anywhere else, so at least at the very yeah. least. Uh, yeah, 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 certainly. Um, so but I guess, not yeah, every... it's always compared to what, right? Yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. Compared so, to so, anything else. Yeah, even more so than the UK, more so than Canada. Yes. Right? That's why the UK and the Canada, you, you don't have something like the Second Amendment or even the First Amendment proper, right? You have more, you have more restrictions on your liberty in that sense. Whereas in America, like, Go to Arizona, go to Texas. Like, you can be strapped. Um, so, so it's different. And then in other societies, people are aspiring towards different things. So in a country like Saudi, so ob from a Western perspective, it's extremely easy to criticize you know, a country like Saudi or lots of other Islamic countries, et cetera, because you're judging them sort of under the assumption that they are trying to maximize um, freedom and liberty, et cetera, which is not even their aspiration. What is their aspiration to get into heaven? Yeah, well, the country is like 99.9% .9 Islamic. It's not like some diverse community where you've got like all these atheists and Christians and Muslims and Jews and like different. It's like, no, it's like totally Islamic country. So the goal is to generally abide by the law, right? There's not this whole separation of church and state. It's like, no, if it's against the Quran, it's generally against the law. Right. There's not like so it's a whole different it, it, it's, it's like coming from it from a whole different angle, like the roots are different. Like so. And if you understand that, then the way a lot of things are done, whether you agree, whether you agree, disagree, strongly disagree, it, it at least makes more sense because it's like, OK, that's why that's why they do that, because they're not aspiring towards the same thing. If you were to take a country like China, like I don't China's main goal is clearly not maximization of freedom and liberty no what's their goal sweet iphones <laughs> you know I, I don't i don't know deeply about china but i would say something it's more about like safety co and cohesion okay yeah and good. safety like like societal cohesion and like a unit it's much more yeah collective. yeah yeah it's much more collectivist like bees right? yeah it's much more collectivist it's not like okay each individual you go out you go out and you fly and you do your thing and you it's like no it's like Everything's about like the greats are good. And if someone steps too far out of line of that and that jeopardizes it, then then they'll crack down on you, et cetera. Um, so it, it's different. It also seems to be about like, again, like overall economic growth, not individuals necessarily like thriving and becoming successful, but China as a whole progressing. And the hundred year plan. Exactly. Right. So and, and every, different countries are different. They all have different scales, different balances. If you go to some of the, you know, the Nordic countries, like, I don't know, Sweden, Norway, uh, Denmark, where they have like much bigger welfare states, much higher taxation. You know, you can be tag being taxed 60, 65 percent of your income is going it's to tax. Lot. Right. But then, um, you know, but then at the point of at the point of um, service, you know, Healthcare is, I'm not even going to say it's free because obviously it's being paid for, but it's free at the point of service, education, even university level education, you don't pay for it, right? Or like it, it comes out the taxes, but, and so what they're trying to maximize is something pretty different to even the UK or to, to USA, et cetera. So from the USA perspective, it's like, oh my gosh, this is freaking like so hardcore socialism. But if you talk to a lot of people from like Sweden or Finland or what, like, you know, they like it and they're happy. Well, it depends on who you talk to, right? Like if you talk oh, to someone. Oh, it does, of course. It's like Absolutely. the same. It's like if you were uh, yeah. like a homeless guy in America, it's probably better to be a homeless guy in Canada. But if exactly. you're like a guy that wants to start a business and exactly. it's, it depends on like what your goals are and, you know, whether exactly. you're like getting from the bottom or the top, you know what I mean? Yeah. Did you have yeah. to do I mean, the 
I, sorry, just a quick question. Yeah, did they do? Is it true? Because I did a joke about this, but I actually like didn't fact check it. <laughs> do they, they when they do the prayer five times a day? Do they legit play it on loudspeakers five times a day from most places? Uh, yeah, if you're in the if you're in the proper one of the proper cities, yeah. Yeah, because that was my like joke that and like, every and everything and everything closes five times a day. All the shops close. They shut her up. All yeah, it's close. so like, wild, right? Like everything shuts. It's just so much. Like whoever wrote that Bible, they should be like. Dude, like he, he probably was like three. Why don't we just go five? And then everyone's like, for the for the rest of time, all people have to shut down their life five times a day. I walked into a, a store in Toronto once, and I was buying I was buying a, a like a, a lamp or something like that. I just moved into a new place, and I walked in, and I guess the guy the guy had uh, he was praying, and then the music was playing. And he goes, dude, no wait, and I was like, oh, I'll come back. And no, 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 just wait one second. And he made me wait one second while I like watched him finish prayer. He did it for a good like three minutes, yeah. and then finished praying, and then got right up, and he goes, all right, we got this on sale we got the best deals in town. <laughs> he, he hopped like I right that. i love that dude, right into being a salesman he, he's yeah. rolling up his rug he's like we got the best deals in town what do you need you need a lamp you need a butt that's brilliant <laughs> and you know when they pray and you know when they pray they they face mecca right yeah i guess they gotta figure so, out so yeah so they have to know like which which direction mecca is in like you know i mean I, i'm not a muslim myself i'm a christian but like you know growing up in saudi arabia i mean i have a you know of course i have my criticisms but um what were the biggest? I have criticism? a lot of. Sorry. What's the biggest criticism? Like, what's the biggest thing that you left there being like, yeah, they got to change that. That sucks. Or not, they got to change that, but okay. I don't like it. I'll, I'll tell you what. I would say that Saudi is. So I would say that Saudi is a country where, depending on who you are and what you are, your experience, I think, could differ quite wildly. Whereas, and I know some people will try to make the same claim about a country like the U.S. or U.K. They'll try to be saying, oh, you know, it's horrible to be black in the U.S.A. Or it's terrible to be a woman in it, which, which is garbage, right? Nonsense. Like, I don't know. I mean, not, I don't know what, I don't know what people You still do good, to. but I agree it would be terrible to be a woman. Yeah. So, in <laughs> sa- so <laughs> you're trying to get me canceled, man. Um, <laughs> I didn't say it. It was him. Um, yeah. So, I think in Saudi... Saudi, one of my biggest criticisms, I guess, would be that your experience would be different depending on on who you are and what you are. So it's not it's not a society where, you know, the UK and the US and look, it took a long time for those countries to get there. Like, let's be real about it. This is a relatively new in the past, you know, past what, 60, 70 years sort of thing where you have actual like true equality under the law. And then even beyond the law, general sort of societal treatment, people are generally treated equally, right? Like, so we were saying earlier on in the conversation that, look, you know, in the UK, US, you know, even if someone is like, like being trans is very, very rare, right? You know, we've got a man who is, you know, converting or living as a woman or vice versa or whatever. Like, that's pretty, that's very rare and unique and, and, and sort of radical in a way, but people are, people are tolerant to that right people aren't going to see that person and you know want to attack them or discriminate against them or you know not employ them or whatever the case may be whereas in a country like saudi or you know in a lot of other countries you know even lots of parts of africa you know lots of parts of asia etc um your experience will vary more depending on who you are right so a straight white male may have a totally different experience to a um a a brown woman or what's the worst thing to be there gay yeah. person or whatever you know what would be the worst thing what's the worst thing to be in saudi arabia who's got the raw's deal oh boy i don't know is it um, like 
you know, maybe yeah. like LGBT. Okay. Um, yeah. And maybe, I heard, but didn't they say in a lot of those places, they, didn't the president say there's no gay people there, so it's all fine? Yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> he said they checked and there's zero people. Yeah. There's zero yeah, homosexuals. Of course, right? And and to be honest, and even out of the Islamic countries, I don't think Saudi is like the worst in that regard, right? I think somewhere like, from what I, I know, that. places like Iran, Pakistan, et cetera, are, you know, even more more harsh in that regard. So I'd say that would be like my my biggest criticism would be that. So for me, I can say, yeah, my experience of, of Saudi was, was great and cool. You know, number one part of that is just being an expat. But I don't know if you are a national. Yeah, they treat or you, you different, right? In a different thing. Like, yeah, you might you might be treated very differently. And, you know, some of the laws may be different for you, even if you're just a woman. Um, you know, Saudi has progressed a lot even since I left. I left in 2008. And from what I understand, um, you know, things have you know, liberalized quite a bit just in the past 12 years, especially under uh, MBS. So was there stop, a lot of 16 year olds with like million dollar cars driving around like you hear about? Like, where you just no, you, you know what I mean? No, you see some no, rich not really, Saudi man. prince just like with his Maserati. You see, you see, you see them in London. They come, oh, they, they come, come to, to London, London to show yeah, off come to the London. floss. Yeah, they go to London. Yeah, you'll see it in London. But um, in Saudi, not, no, not, not, not a lot. Um, so, yeah, that would be the thing. But then, you know, it, you don't have Internet. Having, they can't right. really have internet in the same way, right? Is that like the case? Um, there, there's some restrictions, obviously. Like you know, you're not getting on a Pornhub or anything like that. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I can't get yeah, a Sony so prints on the boys' cast. <laughs> I don't think it's as restricted as somewhere like China, um, but you know, there there are some restrictions with that, etc. So you know, and then of course, like freedom of religion again is also a thing that's that's different. Like again, as an expat. You know, I could, um, you know, I went to church when I was in Saudi, but there's no church buildings. There's no churches. And as far as I'm aware, there's not a single church in Saudi Arabia in terms of actual buildings. Um, but, you know, as expats, you, you can congregate, you can do your thing. It's just not in a church building. It'll be in a theater or a school gymnasium, et cetera. So some of those sort of like freedoms and liberties, et cetera, that people sort of have and take for granted in, you know, the Anglosphere in Western countries, et cetera, um, certainly are more curtailed. Um and then, but then, you know, there are also things that they do there, which are, you know, great and which I, which I respect and like which what? I'm like, okay. Um, so when it comes to, so there are a lot of, I'd say there are a lot of like major social issues that exist in Western countries, which are, which are far more rare in Saudi. So I think one of the biggest problems in the West, if I were to talk about like a big societal problem would be like broken families, absent oh, fathers, that's true. single motherhood. Right. And then also other things, right? Alcoholism, homelessness, drug addiction, uh, gun violence. Yeah. All of these things, you know, certain aspects of criminality, big problems in the UK, big problems in the USA. Massive. These are the biggest problems. In I guess Saudi, crime too, right? Saudi, very low crime. Yeah. Very low crime in Saudi. Very, very little homelessness. You know, very few broken families, like people just, you know, alcohol is illegal, right? So you don't have to deal with massive alcoholism, right? You don't have people strewn out. Like you go to LA, you go to San Francisco, you go to New York, you see drug addicts and homeless people just living out there on the street. Like, you know, people from Saudi might look at that and be like, oh my gosh, y'all, you guys are calling us the backwards ones. <laughs> yeah, letting, yeah. You're letting your own citizens like rot here on the street with heroin needles in their arm. You see what I mean? So there are... You know, it's and, and the, those are the sort of side of things that a lot of people don't really think about or don't consider. They can you know, it's easy to look at a country like Saudi and sort of just look down on them from this Western perspective and say, oh, my gosh, we do everything better than them. I'm like, no, 
No, and you know, if, even if someone is coming from it from a more sort of like lefty perspective, right? They do have free healthcare. They do have free education, right? Yeah, that's they a do. Good point. They do look after their citizens. This coronavirus thing—they were sending out jets to bring their citizens back to the country, right? You're not going to see a Western government doing that. They're not looking after their citizens like that. Um, and then people will be like, yeah, but it's because they have oil in this. It's like, yeah, sure, they have natural resources, but they've also set things up in a way that they really sort of do look out for each other more. So, yeah, there's, uh, you know, there, so it's give and take. It's not like, you know, it's not like it's all good and everything is perfect and everything is wonderful. Right. But it's also not like, oh, my gosh, this place is just like this horrible, oppressive hellhole where everything is just terrible. And, you know, and it's just like, no. And, and, and like I said, even in Saudi, I mean. For the most part, I mean, it's a like it's way safer. <laughs> like it's a, like it's say you you'll be safer in any city in Saudi than you'll be in Toronto or London or New York or L.A. Like way safer, right? You don't even need to lock your car door. Um, yeah, it is true. There is like because I I know what you're saying, and a lot of people yeah. don't think of that stuff. Like even when you just look at like all the stuff that you're like, oh, it's so great, we have this, and then you're like. Was it though? You know, if you're like in a relationship and two people are both separately like Instagramming all day long, you're like, you know, they can't do that. And you're like, well, you know, they're not allowed to do that. And you're like, yeah, good. Like that's good. You know, so yeah, yeah. yeah, So it it really depends on your your perspective and um, family. yeah. Yeah. So like, yeah, the family values. And like I said, you know, it's a it's a very religious country. So um if someone is like, you know, depending on someone's view of religion, if like I'm someone who generally has a positive view of religion, I think it like that's generally a good thing. Yeah. Um, and just pe- pussy. Yeah. <laughs> and people are observing, <laughs> like you said, like that guy in the store you were talking about, like, I respect that. Like to some people that yeah, might be kind of weird, but I'm like, I respect that. And as a result of it, I mean, I've had things happen in Saudi where I was like, that would not happen in England. Right. So let me let me give an example. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, I went to a store. So I was in I was in one of the big shopping malls and I went to a store and I bought a T-shirt and um, it was supposed to be on sale, but I got charged the full price. So I ended up paying, I don't know, say an extra twenty dollars. OK, and then um, I didn't even know this. And so I'm like going around doing my thing. And then like later on, like an hour later, one of the guys in the shop, he he's been he's walking around the mall trying to find Come me on. so he can give me the money back. <laughs> right. I was like, that would not happen in England. Hell right? no. They'll, 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 ex- exactly. Right. So, but people, people, people have that honesty, right? Because people fear God, right? So, yeah. so people, so people are, you know, someone might say, oh, you shouldn't need to fear God to be honest. And I, I agree. You don't need to, but the way people behave and the levels of hospitality, like if you went to Saudi, you would be so, you would, your mind would be blown by how welcome you'd be. You'd be like, wow, like there is no hospitality. In because the it's in their brain, in their psyche. Yeah, pe- people are very welcoming. Like you go to a store, they're like, what would you like? Tea, coffee, like just in a store, like you're, you're going to buying sneakers, right? Yeah. And people are like, do you, want, do you want tea? Do you want coffee? Like, you know, like they'll be, you know, talking to you, engaging you and like people are just- Doobie's so working for the Saudi Arabia tourism board <laughs> right now. You love these No, guys. like, like pe- people are extremely <laughs> hospitable. People are just like very welcoming and, and, they, and they like the fact that, and again, you know, you also have to remember that a lot of Saudis, especially like the younger ones, like they are, they are conscious of what other people around the world uh, seem to think of them and what the stereotypes are. And Degeneracy. What the, 
Yeah, exactly. So if you go and visit there, like they want to show you like, look, no, we're not these like, right. Okay. Right. When we're not these like, oh, you know, horrible backwards, barbaric, crazy people or something like, look, no, Starbucks, like, you know, like, like, you know, like, come on, like, let me show you around, whatever, like, come around, you know, come oh. join my family, have a meal with us, you know, have sex um, with my wife. <laughs> don't know about that one. Um, <laughs> But yeah, no people are people are welcoming, um, and, and the hospitality is is, is great. And Interesting. Yeah, that was so, one of the the big things that like I used to always because Toronto is like as people from everywhere. So like a, a lot of my friends are like second generation immigrants or whatever, mm -hmm. right? But that was one of the biggest things that I always talked about on stage, which people that were not from here would go, ah, I would always talk about how like family doesn't matter for white people and for, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I I used to talk about how like when I came here. There's all, there's all these people that like send money home to their families in other countries. Like a white person would never do that. I might send my mom a picture of my money being like, you know, <laughs> yeah, I'm crushing it. Have fun being poor in Canada. <laughs> like, right. Because it's just like it's such a different culture where they have such, That's so funny. yeah, but it is, it works the other way around. It's like, you know, my friend uh, Monty used to have a joke where he's like white people raise their kids like wolves where they're like, you know, get the hell out of here. Whereas you, it's that's it's kind of interesting where you'll see it's like an obligation. So that's why you wouldn't see as many like unhappy old people because it's obligation that when your parents turn, you know, a certain age, you like move them into the basement and take care of them where it's like, you, you know, that would, but it never works the other way around. Like your parents don't take care of you like that the same way. So there is definitely like positives and benefits to like or positives and negatives to each of the cultural things. Yeah, absolutely. All that. And, and, I, and I'm very blessed to have grown up with exposure to four very different cultures, right? So my family background is originally from Nigeria. Okay. Um, and then, of course, I grew up in Saudi Arabia. I was born in the UK, and I went to secondary school and university here. And then when I was in Saudi, um, I was surrounded by Americans. I was in the American school system. I was basically being raised like an American from kindergarten up till fifth grade until I, I went to the UK. So I've sort of, I can appreciate all four different cultures and you know their pros and their cons and th i can i can sort of like cherry pick the things i like from different ones you know there's things i like more in the uk than in the states there's things i like more about the states than in the uk there's things i like a lot about you know nigerian culture there's things i like about some of the ways they do certain things in saudi so it's like okay cool i can take the little bits that i like but oh no i don't i don't like that or no i don't think that's good dude um, yeah sort of balance it out I'm in Manhattan, and it's like I have internet from Saudi Arabia is what's going on. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Dude, it's, it's, I'm going on the internet, and people are, like, mad about it's it, too. It's still cutting out. But the, the one thing I, I didn't want to ask you about by the end, because, like, you know, you're obviously, like, this inspirational dude, and you're talking about productivity and how you live your life. Like, what's your philosophy on, like, what people can do better? And even if it's, like, whether it's your days or, like, um, what are some of, like, your fundamental philosophies on like how to better yourself oh wow man that's a big one um i think the number one is to know know your purpose like know what you're trying to know what you're trying to do and what you're trying to achieve just in general in life so i want to have a positive impact and influence on over 10 million people so everything i do whether it's my music my podcast my books my social media posts whatever it is i'm trying to have a positive impact and influence on millions of people I'd like to reach a stage, you know, I don't know, five years, 10 years down the line where every month, you know, every week, every day, maybe I'm reaching millions and millions of people and helping them in some sort of positive way. So that is my personal why. So, you know, 
I don't think that's most people's ambition, but I think people need to know why why they're doing what they're doing. So I think that's the big one because then even if you because once you know that you don't need to be you don't need to like people often ask how I stay motivated and it's like that's easy. Like once I know that then the motivation comes with it. Like every day it's like okay, cool, this is what I'm striving towards if I'm doing this. And I also know when I'm going off track. Like if I'm doing something that doesn't align with that or maybe even takes away from it, then it's like, "Ooh, I shouldn't be doing that thing." So I think that's the first one. And then um for me, the next thing is to seek to maximize your own potential. So I mean that mentally, physically, emotionally, your skills, your abilities, your relationships, your network, everything, like tap into your own potential. We've all got so, so, so much potential, which is impossible to totally fulfill, um, but at least strive towards doing it. So if you're eating a bad diet, get your diet in check. If you're not sleeping enough, get your sleep in check. If you're not drinking enough water, drink water. If you don't lift weights, get in the gym, start lifting weights. Um, if you've got stuff you want to learn, skills you want to you, you want to acquire, do it. I mean, there's, there's never, we've never had a better time to do it than this year. Um, this year sort of separated who, who's talking and who actually wants to do these things because everybody's had the time. Um, and then once you have, you know, once you're in the process of doing that, then number three to me is, is to help other people do the same. Um, that's why I wrote my fitness book, Strong Advice, last year. It's why I started my podcast. It's why I do so many things I do. It's why I do coaching because I want to now help other people. Like I'm still in the process of fulfilling my own potential, but part of doing that is is helping other people to do the same. So whatever I can put out there, anything from a tweet to a video to a song to a podcast to this conversation, my interviews, whatever it is, I want people to be able to listen to them or take something from it or read it and be like, okay, cool. Like this has added some value to my life. Like I've, I've learned something new. I'm thinking about something different. I feel inspired. I feel motivated. Um, I know how to do this thing that I didn't know how to do before. Um, whatever it is, to me, that's the key. I think if we all try to fulfill our own potential and then try to encourage and push other people to do the same, number one, great way to become successful because the way to become massively successful is to impact a lot of people and to have a significant impact on them and add value to their lives. That's how you become successful. Um, but also just in terms of fulfilling your, your purpose um, and living a meaningful life, I just think that that's a great way to do it. And um, each person's potential is different. We all bring different skills and abilities and experiences to the table. But um, if we all did that and focused a little bit more on that, rather than focusing on nonsense and certainly not focusing on trying to rip each other down and tear each other down all the time and try to build each other up, then, um, yeah, I think that is what would legitimately make the world uh, like a, a something something closer to, uh, we're never going to get a utopia, but I think it would make the world um, quite a lot better and people would be less... Uh, People wouldn't have the time to be trying to. Do you avoid Twitter? <laughs> to try do, to destroy each other. Do you somehow. avoid like? Do you do you have uh, like rules for social media and things like oh, that? Yes. Like, how do you organize Absolutely. your days and what? Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, so each day for me tends to be dedicated towards because I because I do a lot of things. You pick one thing um, a day. Yeah, I tend to do like one thing a day. So I'll have like an interview, like a day where I do interviews. Yeah. Right. So like Thursday, it's like okay, cool. I'm going to do these four podcasts. Um, I'm going to record two of my own. And then you're there headspace. Exactly. I'm in that headspace. I try not to switch gears too much. So I don't try to have a day where, okay, I'm going to spend two hours writing music and then two hours doing podcasts. You can. And two no, it, you, it, the gear change is, it, it's too inefficient. So I'll have a day where it's like, okay, cool. Monday, 
Monday, I'm just doing admin. I'm just doing like emails and responding to people. That's the best day for that. Replying to DMs, et cetera, right? Tuesday, okay, cool. Tuesday, I'm going to do, I'm going to focus on the podcast. Wednesday, I'm just focusing on merch. I'm going to design some new merchandise. I'm going to run some promotions. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. Then I might have another day where it's like, okay, cool. Um, I'm going to put all my coaching clients on this day. I'm going to like talk to four coaching clients. I'm going to do this. So I try not to flip flop um, within the day too much. And that's for me, I found is the best way to do it. And, and also, uh, you know, starting the day, right. By going to the gym. Um, Cause that's gym, your, like, that's your new book, right? It's like a fitness book. Yeah. It's a fitness book. Yeah, right? I always had a theory. I mean, you could tell me if I'm wrong, but I always had a theory that, uh, a lot easier than getting in shape was just staying really skinny. So I'm, <laughs> so my theory was always like, get fat for two months and then starve yourself to death for two weeks. <laughs> And in the last little while, tattooed skinny guys have like sort of made a comeback in the social consciousness. Oh, yeah? oh interesting. <laughs> yeah, but like I know Ant- that Antifa. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was thinking more like the like ter- the kind of like city like fuckboy bartender type. Okay. A lot, of, a lot of like rappers that are or, you know people like that musicians. They're like skinny skinny tattooed yeah, dudes. Yeah. You know what I mean? But there's there was a. My the only reason that I, these are the reasons I thought it was good to work out is that I felt like I had a little more like testosterone, like I legit, especially as I got older, I mm-hmm. did feel like it kind of made me like a little more hyped as normally. Mm-hmm. So and then I felt like I needed less sleep, so I was yeah. less tired. So I mean, if even if I didn't want to like get a you know jacked, get a six pack, you know that idea of like mm-hmm. I don't want to get too big, and the people, my friends are all like, yeah, I don't think that's in like a pro- <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't think that's gonna be an issue. <laughs> I love when people say that. Yeah, you're like, like, yeah, you're not. It's like like reading a book and being like, well, I don't want to be Einstein, (laughs) but like, I'm not going to read too many books. It's like, I don't want to work. I don't want to get too rich by (laughs) this extra day. Yeah, 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 exactly. But what's the, yeah. So what's your like main philosophy for working out that the books, you know, what's, what is your system? Um, What do they have to pay for it? (laughs) No, no, no. I can, I can give some away, man. Um, So focus on progressive overload. um, If you want to get strong. So progressive overload is the concept that you need to push your body beyond its current capabilities and outside of its normal comfort zone. So if I just drop to the ground right now and I did 20 push-ups, that has no effect on my... That sounds a no lot effect. like my system. It's like, you know, I'm like one curl, maybe yeah, a leg. It has, has, right? it has no effect because I can already do that, right? So you need to push yourself. That's why you up the weights as you get stronger, right? The progressive overload. So you keep... You know, if someone wants to learn a mar- run, learn, sorry, not learn, but get fit enough to run a marathon, right? You start with a mile and then you get to two, three, you work your way up to 26, right? Didn't um, some, didn't some coaches kind of like say that, isn't there a bit of a divergence of opinion? Like some people think you shouldn't be pushing it till your muscles rip or whatever, or is that just for specific training? Well, you don't ever want to push until your muscles rip. Cause is that sort of the old rip. school way a, of a, a muscle rip is a very serious injury. So not rip, but you know what I mean? It wasn't that the whole thing is that you kind of like break your muscles and then they rebuild better. Have you never heard yeah. that? I have, but it's, it's not actually what happens in your body. So it's okay. Like so that's, stupid. that's a lie. Yeah. Like they're saying, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's like, that's not actually what happens. <laughs> like, that, like people are like, yeah, train until your muscle rips. I'm like, no, please. That's don't. why no, one <laughs> <laughs> that's when you need surgery. <laughs> please don't rip a muscle. Um, yeah. I, so I think what you were talking about maybe is like training to failure. Yeah, I guess. Okay. Um, so you don't need to train to failure. I don't normally train to failure. I normally keep a couple in the tank and you can get stronger and you can get bigger without training to failure. So when I, when I talk about progressive overload, a great way to do that is to focus on strength gains because muscle gains tend to follow strength gains. So if you go to the stage from being able to deadlift, um, 
100 kilos for five reps to being able to deadlift 200 kilos for five reps, you're probably going to look different. Right. right. If you if you if you double your bench press, you're probably going to look different. Right? You're not going to be benching double. This is the opposite of what I'm doing every okay. time I work out. Okay. I've like the <laughs> yeah, dude. I, I you're right. I, I even when I'm at the gym, I'm like, I know I'm doing this crappy, but I, I always have that yeah. attitude of like, at least it's not nothing. Yeah, yeah. So you you have to push yourself. I mean, yeah. If you want to get stronger, how many days a week is your system? Um, I mean, I normally train about five times a week. First thing in the morning. Uh, yeah, on empty. No um, food? Tra- no, no, I've been, I, I, I intermittent fast. So I've been training on an empty stomach for like 12 years. Right. So almost any video you ever see of me like deadlifting or benching, like I'm, I'm on empty. Empty stomach? No coffee yeah. or anything? Like straight to the gym? Um, I don't drink coffee, so I don't like coffee. I might have like, um, occasionally like a pre-workout with some caffeine or something. But, um, yeah, no, no foods for sure. Sometimes I'll have like one banana. That's kind of my, you know, something like okay. that, but. Yeah, yeah, no, that, that's fine, man. I mean, that's fine. Like, it's just because I do intermittent fasting, and that's a, like a personal preference. That's okay, so say you're me, and like I don't work out at almost yeah. at all. My system okay. is more like I run most days, okay. and then I'll get, I'll, I'll like do one day a week usually where I do like a bunch of push ups, a bunch of sit ups, like whatever, just okay. something. And mm-hmm. and if I do do weights, I essentially my system is just like look what girls are doing and try to do a few more plates than that. <laughs> Like, like if I, if there's a girl on the machine and I come next and I have to, I try to put at least a couple more plates, but what That's would you funny. switch to? Like, okay. Cause I, I, if I was to switch back and right now there's the pandemic, so it's kind of annoying to like go to the gym and wear the mask and that whole thing. But if I was to switch back to be like, okay, I'm going to up it to working out three times a week. Mm. What would yeah. you start with? Yeah. Well, what's your goal? Uh, I think to... To get like no fat and to be the most like have my brain work the best and to be uh, like there's things I'm saying like to feel the best like to be Mm -hmm. need less sleep be really good in shape. But as far Mm -hmm. as what I look like I don't think I care about any of that stuff. Okay. What about like strength or anything. No I don't think I need more strength. I'm already like mad strong. (laughs) (laughs) But I don't do I don't. But I'm only doing this, so I'm not playing like sports. Like I used to play, yeah. you know, competitive sports, but I don't need strength for anything really. Like to hold a microphone to bug people on the streets, I don't need strength. Yeah, well, you you you, you might be surprised. I mean, you got to remember that as your you know as your body as you get older, specifically, like your body does degrade. So right. strength Mine training is important. But... <laughs> Yours doesn't. Strength training is also important, like to maintain. Like if you if you people. A lot of people don't understand that if you don't strength train, like after the age of 30, like you're going to be getting like weaker and fatter consistently. Right. Right. It's not like in in your, in your teens, in your twenties, your body's like building up. But then after 30, it's like breaking down. Right. So So you're saying I kind of reverse that one thing is just by strength training, like you're naturally going to make your body not get as fat and stuff like that. Yeah, of course. Of course. Yeah. Cause as, as time goes on, your metabolism slows down, your body naturally like, you know, loses muscle, especially as a man, right? Like, I mean, look, look at any man between, you know, from compare any, any, anyone old, I don't know, like, you know, a father, an uncle, whatever, like look at them when they're 30 versus when they're like 60 or 70, right? Like, unless they go to the gym, like they look pretty different, right? Yeah. So as a man, like your testosterone levels start to start to drop off after like your late twenties. And lots of this is like, can be reversed or paused like through weight training, right? So your testosterone level starts to dip. Um, you you start losing lean body mass. You start gaining body fat, um, and it's it's a very slow process. But that's why you get people who you know suddenly they're forty five and it's like oh you got the dad bod now, 
right? Yeah. <laughs> so you have someone who, like, in 25, like, they were a stud. And then in 45, you're like, hmm, you know, like, their their stomach is now sticking out. And they kind of got the man boobs. And Dude, our nothing. friend Lev Fur, he's, like, 25, and he's already getting fat. Like, he's already pretty fat, and we're just killing yeah. him on it. It's like, dude, yeah. you, when you're 35, you're going to be, a bal- you're gonna be a, uh, like, an air balloon. That can be totally reversed. <laughs> See, that, that's, that's the thing. That can be totally reversed. Diet and training, totally reversible, um, which is amazing. Which is amazing. Um, so you, I mean, my, if I'm doing, am I just pretending that I'm doing something? If I do like a hundred push-ups, a hundred sit-ups, and like all that sort of stuff, like is that? Yeah, is mean, that like, like busy work, or is that? Is there anything to that? No, like it's better than nothing. Everything, like something, is always better than nothing, as long as you're not like training in a way that's going to injure yourself. Okay. But um, if you wanted to, you know, actually get stronger or gain a bit of muscle, then yeah, you have to focus not on get progressive old. overload. Yeah, you have to focus on progressive overload. You have to, you know, push your body beyond what it's used to. If if you know you can very happily and easily. So take, for example, like if you had someone who's like really out of shape, who can only do like five pushups, getting getting them from like five up to 20 will that that's progressive overload. Right. But if you can already do if you can already blast out 20 pushups very easily and you do 20 and you just keep like your body has no reason to change. So it's not going to change anything. It's, it's not bad for you. It's good to do it and to maintain. But it's but almost cardio stronger, at that point. Yeah. If you wanted to get stronger, you'd either need to add the add some weight or, you know, you'd need to up it, increase the reps. But at some point. And do like, you, you say know, free weights over machines? Like a lot of people have been oh, saying absolutely. that to me. And I did switch from that when I was doing it. People were like, the machines are like bullshit. You have to do free weights. Yeah. yeah you want to focus on big heavy. You want to focus on big compound exercises. You want to focus on, you know, your. Bench press, incline press, pull-ups, push-ups, rows, um, uh, squats, deadlifts. Uh, I mean, you can build a fantastic physique with like five or six exercises. You don't need... I already have a fantastic physique. I just want to be in better shape. (laughs) (laughs) I know. Um, (laughs) Yeah, so so focusing on progressive overload, focus on compound exercises and getting stronger. And then then also the diet, you know, diet, water, rest. Um, make sure those are, those are adequate and the, the, you're going towards your goal. If someone is trying to lose weight, then they need a calorie deficit. If someone is trying to gain weight, you need a slight caloric surplus. If someone is just about maintaining, then you want to eat around your maintenance level. Um, and then you couple that with the training and you just, you want the two things to be aligned. Um, if someone is trying to lose weight, but they're eating more calories than they're burning, then they're barking up the wrong tree. Yeah. And vice versa. If someone's trying to get big, but you know, they're refusing to eat then it's like, well, your, your body's not going to magically add body mass without having the sufficient calories to do it. Like you need to eat the training alone is the training is just the stimulus. The food is what, but if someone's a total fat slob, they can't help it. That's a known fact. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone can be helped, man. Everyone can be helped. I've seen some very serious trends. I always, that must bug people that are like in fitness so much where they're like, this is like a great body and they're 600 pounds and you're, you're like, no, it's not. I like literally do this. I've written, <laughs> I've written a book on how to get rid of this. And they're like, she can't help it. It's perfect. No, <laughs> no. Like, and, and it's important, man. I mean, again, this year, you, this, this is a year where like, if you think about it, like this has been like the most health conscious year we've had in a way, or it should have been right. All this stuff that's going on. I have my own theories, but, you know, supposedly it's about our health. (laughs) Supposedly it's about public health. So if we want to talk about like health, I mean, like, let's be real. Obesity and obesity related illness kills far, far, far more people than any sort of virus does um, this one or any other. So if we want to be serious as individuals and as a nation and as people about health and importance, uh, you know, health being important, 
then yeah, we need to talk about nutrition and we need to talk about exercise. Like what percent of the majority of Americans are overweight? Like that's, that's crazy. Like that's not good. You know, like it's got like 30 or 40% obesity level or something and always rising. Like that's, that's a, that's a massive problem. So if people really want to, like, if you're worried about saving lives and having people live better lives and just be healthier and be happier as well, because you have to remember how connected your mind and your body are. People are talking about mental health all the time. And I'm like, well, if you want to talk about mental health, let's talk about physical health too, because these things are intertwined. Um, if someone has having mental health issues in certain ways, then first thing I'm looking at is their nutrition and their exercise and their sleep and their water intake. And they're like, you know, are you drinking loads? Are you doing drugs? Yeah, it's like, so this, crazy like, when someone's like, I'm depressed. And you're like, oh, well, maybe you lose weight. Yeah, maybe you, yeah, maybe you, sh- maybe you should like, be. No, I'm not going to do any of that stuff. But yeah. I'm like a therapist <laughs> that tells me I'm great. <laughs> exactly. It's like, you know, if you've done all these things, if you are like physically healthy and you've still got, you know, some mental health issues, then OK, yeah, that probably is a true depression. Right. That's probably some 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 kind yeah. of imbalance. But if it's just like you don't exercise and you eat trash and you barely sleep and you hate your job, and you don't like your girlfriend. To, to, to wrap it up, your last words were, if you have mental illness, you're faking it. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah. Yeah, dude. Uh, yeah, we'll wrap up because of this bad Manhattan internet. But dude, thanks for coming. That was great. You have yeah, like, uh, uh, next, time you, next time you see me, I'm going to be like shredded, and I'm going awesome. awesome. to tell everyone <laughs> I was on the Zuby platform, and I'm like, dude, I'm so shredded now, but I'm also mentally ill. So. <laughs> You didn't tell me about that. Hey, it's quite a combo. T- okay, tell people where they can find you before I get kicked out again. Yeah, sure thing. Um, so you can find me, zubimusic.com is my main website. If you want to check out my book or music or any merchandise, teamzubi.com. You can find me on all social media at zubimusic, Z-U-B-Y music. I'm on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. And my podcast, Real Talk with Zuby, and my music, Albums are all available on um, iTunes, Spotify. You can find me on YouTube and everywhere else. Just search for Zuby. Yeah, dude. A real new renaissance, man. I like, I really do think the future of like, this is the good part about everything where everything's going is there's going to be more people kind of like you that do like five, six different things. And I think it's kind of a cool place for the world going back to the way that like, you know, artists and good people that have like good minds for lack of better word, kind of do just a <laughs> bunch of things at once. Yeah, man. Hell yeah, dude. Okay, awesome meeting you. I appreciate it, Ryan. Take care. That has been The Boys Cast with Ryan Long. Boys, 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 boys. Support me at patreon.com slash theboyscast. There's new episodes there, solo episodes every two weeks. And now at this point, there's like a ton of new, ton of episodes there that aren't anywhere else. And tell a friend about The Boys Cast. Take a screenshot of this and post it to Instagram, Twitter, anything like that. Tag me in it so I can repost. And I will see you guys next week. Peace.